Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. This episode of Lesbo and the Bean is brought to you by Lather & Co. That's latherandcompany.com for all your bath and body needs. This is an exclusive for Lesbo and the Bean. Remember to type in LATB, L-A-T-B, 15 for 15% off. Any purchases over $25 will give you free shipping. U.S. domestic for now. Wait till later. That's a really good deal for Lesbo and the Bean. So once again, that's latherandcompany.com for all your organic, cruelty-free bath and body needs and onto the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 182. We're going to Prague. Woo! It's going to be a fun one. We have so many other fights on the way. It's been heavy weeks. I got footage. I got work. I got school. It doesn't matter because we got a Sunday fun day. Monday, I mean, sat. Whoa. Shot out of a cannon. We got Saturday. a Saturday morning card in the United yeah. States. Look at your local listings. But, Lesbo, how have you been since we last met? We had a good one hmm. on a Monday show. I have been listening to a philosophy podcast, but it's not heavy. I wish I could remember that philosophize this, maybe. Uh, it's very like um, philosophy for laymen. Like, it, it's really cool and it's really nice, and it has a way of walking into every single idea. I like philosophy, and I just learned too. Uh, philosophy stands for, do you know what it means? You were just I'm, in the class? I'm taking currently oh, a philosophy well, this, of art right now. Oh. So it's not philosophy. It's I had specific. a friend that took that class. We spent a lot of times at museums, and I didn't know what I was. <laughs> Uh, don't take it if you don't have to. I have to, and it is garbage. I we I took philosophy and sounds funner than I've in school. But this thing I never knew at all the time I took philosophy. It means to love knowledge. I can dig that. Because all you're that. doing is asking. You're just asking and keep questioning. And um, a lot of even some philosophers were like fanzines of other philosophers. It, like in the same way, if you loved. Harry Potter, and you wrote like a fan fiction of Harry Potter characters. Right. Some philosophers were just that to other philosophers. Correct. And they would write like if this philosopher met this philosopher and had a conversation, this is what it would sound like. They would philosophize that conversation, write it down, and they're some of the most philosophers, famous philosophers. Let be getting in, philosophizing. Anyways, yeah, you know how we like to open up, but speaking of philosophy, <laughs> we were talking about the question of whether or not Ronda Rousey ruined her legacy because she didn't take her loss well. And she didn't ever come out to the post-fight pressers after those losses. She never spoke to us again. It's all, it's like, like a jaded lover. She just turned around and walked away and never came back. And you're like, what did I do? What happened? So in my opinion, she did. What's yours? I totally agree. Uh, the fact that she left us on a thread and eventually opened up to some news broadcaster, some generic owned company that's the three letters, uh, and she's just kind of like, oh, I dealt with it, and now I'm doing this. It was just such a F you to the face of fans that got her that job. 
because she would have never been a WWE superstar without the UFC, which was created by the fans. We are the Great. ones who did this. And maybe all I got to do is say, uh, what was she? A Jill, uh, judoka? I, <laughs> she was a heavy-duty American judoka, but or was bad taste in her mouth. It left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, I think. Yeah, I just... She... And it might have been really hard for her to take a loss, I understand. But by the second time, like, come on, say something. And people say, well, that's fair-weather fandom. And no, it's not. And the other people that say women's MMA would have never happened without Ronda Rousey. Women's MMA was happening without Ronda Rousey. I, it, it was, was a matter was, of time. If you take away Conor McGregor, there leaves a vacuum that maybe one superstar doesn't fill, but maybe like a John Jones and a DC and a Cowboy Cerrone and a Nate Diaz fill. It's, if there wasn't a Ronda Rousey, or, or Ronda Rousey, there might've been a Misha Tate, a Holly Holm, and it's, Amanda Nunes and a Shevchenko. Somebody would have came around. Like, Joanna Janjacek. You know, like what kind of... I do think that even though Cyborg isn't necessarily the most attractive female fighter. Her dominance is what would bring the fans to it because eventually that's what combat sports gets to. Looks are the superficial. Looks are the farewell fandom. The actual skills and devastation of opponents is what brings people's eyes. So I feel like it was a matter of time until you had one of these other promotions have Cyborg be 30 and 0 and just murking girls. Or even Amanda Nunes at 135 and Invicta just walking through like what 30 girls. Eventually she's gonna become one of those UFC people where people are up. like, we have to watch this person. Yeah, well, we have to create a division because we could be making that money instead of them, which is why it all started in the first place and why we're at where we're at. And it's gonna keep on growing. That's why we love this sport. We're still so brand new in the infancy. We just went corporate. We just went corporate. We did. It's the WME era. What are we going to do? Uh, one thing, I feel like the last few shows we start and I go on this ramble of what I've been listening to <laughs> or whatever. But fan, fans get, like it. You know, they want to know. They want to know. What have you been listening to? Uh, well, I've been my nose deep in a few books on audio. I learned a while ago that uh, I can't read all that philosophy art stuff, but listen to it on Chegg. That's legit. I'm actually able to absorb the knowledge a lot more, but... I'm an audio learner. I definitely I, am as it's well. It's how I retain my best information. It saved me the second time around at school where I'm not necessarily uh, having to read it because that takes up time and I don't absorb it well that way. Listening to it, boom, I can bam it out, get my papers out. The only thing is, it does take up a lot of time, so I can't be listening on my favorite podcast because I, I have my repertoire that I listen to, so... I have very limited time right now to open up new avenues of Isn't listening. it kind of funny when you're listening to the podcast or listening to anything, it's almost the form that other humans feel like is the most disrespectful form. <laughs> if you're reading a book, they leave you be. If you're watching TV, they leave you be. But if you're listening to something, they don't like it. They're like, I hate when you have your earphones in. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you listening to? I want to hear it. No, you don't. You don't want to. hundred oh, percent. Like. You do not want to know if Sasquatch was abducted by aliens and impregnated. You don't want to know that. That's for me. You don't want to know. So there's tons of good listening out there. Uh, classic off of the MMA verse that helps break up that monotony though. Mysterious Universe been going on for a while. That one always has some really fun, weird topics at times. 
sometimes it's like you down rabbit holes of hell your witches garbage do not watch that documentary save your t time it's all that ghost hunter crap just relabeled and thrown back in your face oh i hate ghost hunter and, shit uh, exactly they just relabeled it and they're not ghost hunters anymore now you with know what my favorite explanation for ghosts we're going there <laughs> yeah we getting there we're going you wanted it my favorite explanation <laughs> for ghosts right now is that it is another like almost like a parallel timeline going on at the same time and it's eeping through Henan Barak is one of those ghosts Hennen just Barak. barely living yeah. in this dimension oh my gosh <laughs> speaking of a guy barely living in this dimension uh GSP retiring Thursday is it official because GSP's done this uh, three, four, five times already. Thank you. And, come on, guys. Thank you. The only person more credible than George St. Pierre is Dana White right now. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. Get out of here, GSP. True. It's a media stunt. He's probably going to look into dinosaurs for with his friends. Yeah, or it's a media stunt. He's going to sit there, and then it'll be like, my next fight's versus Conor McGregor. Uh -huh. And it'll I be like, we kept it all under wraps. Like I would like to challenge a Conor McGregor. Yeah. I not entertained yeah it'll be something like that like you i will come down in my ufo and uh, i will beat up khabib in russia for canada and we will be the world power i, I don't, don't know and, and i don't remember what happened to um we were going to talk about something else too one more thing the other was sports betting insights before we get into our betting card for the weekend out of Prague we got a headliner that's off the chain but I just wanted to say that I was doing this whole crazy fraction for years and years and years in my sports betting and the way I decided if odds were good or not or when I talked about a fighter and it just dawned on me in the last few weeks that if you just look and I we were he was saying we should say this on air he's known it for a long time because uh, it might be good for a lot of people who don't understand it at all so if you look at the odds as a hundred dollars and you either would have to spend if it's under money if you see the negative sign you'd have to spend a hundred dollars um, to get that amount back correct and if it's a plus sign you have to spend that amount of money to get a hundred dollars correct Easy part cheesy. Oh my gosh. I could have, before I was doing it, like full high school algebra in my head. You had to do it in an order of like outside the parentheses, inside fraction, carry over, powered by. It was, it was crazy. So anyways, yeah, it's not that exciting, I guess. Use a hundred dollars standard. It just takes all of the sense out of it. Like literally the sense and it just turns it into bucks. Uh, been doing it a long time. There's really easy tutorials as well, sports Well, betting. I was turning the number into a fraction and then seeing if it was good that way. Like, frac, I, like, um, yeah, so right, silly. Right, right, right. So we don't silly. need to give yeah. it's all of a crazy-ass fraction. Yeah, you're right. Because it doesn't need to be it's there. Boring. <laughs> it's boring. It's boring. It's normal. It's, it's normal. boring. It's normal. But this weekend, we are going to have some of those fractions come into play because we are going to have a lot of favorites in, unfortunately... We'd like to tell you whether it's going to be a good weekend for betting, and there ain't a lot of underdogs, if any at all. We're going to get into why for UFC. Um, what about Cody Garbrandt talking shit to Aljamain <laughs> Sterling? Prague. But before we get there, Cody Garbrandt has never been known to be the nicest or level-headed guy, and 
He's talking shit off a bunch of losses and hasn't fought. And Aljo has come back with a three-fight winning streak after getting knocked out and looked better than ever. I love Aljo. I want to call him my dark horse of the division. Hashtag no racist. (laughs) (laughs) Are they talking about that? Or does Cody have a fight coming up? Um, Cody has a fight against Pedro Munoz. Oh, okay. That's an interesting fight. That's a tough fight. Actually, that's a pretty good challenge. I could see Aljo fighting either one of those opponents and it being a good set. I agree. I do like that fight for the win. Aljo gets the winner of that. Correct, correct, correct. But we got to pick a lot of other winners before we get there. All right, all right. Let's do it. At UFC. You know, if you're here, we always talk shit beforehand. Oh, definitely. Is this one going to be on? I'll save it. (laughs) UFC Plus or ESPN Plus? I don't know, but I will look it up. I believe it is on ESPN Plus coming out of Eastern Europe. Where is Prague? Is that right? Poland, Russia? Oh, the height. (laughs) I have no, I am bad. (laughs) Dude, off the top of your head, you know where Prague's at? I would say. Spain. <laughs> All right. That's why I was saying, oh my god, I can't believe you just said this aloud and make us both look so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna say when oh, I said it. it. <laughs> I would say it's either Prague, it seems like we know it it's in Europe. Correct. Let me narrow it down. I'm just gonna talk it out and make myself look like an idiot. I wish there was the sound of an old school like calculator with that pull down handle. So I would say I like Greece. Okay. But Greece is Italy. Definitely. So I like Italy. No, I like <laughs> it near those areas. I see like a lot of uh, ancient architecture in Prague. Um, I, I like. Yes. I like what you said about it's going to, yeah, so I'm going to go with Italy. What is Prague? It is in the Czech Republic. I was going to say Czech Republic <laughs> and then I swear, I swear to, on lobby, I was going to say Czech Republic and then I thought, I don't know if that's Europe. <laughs> so even make myself look that much more ridiculous. That's too funny. I was just thinking Eastern Europe somewhere. I didn't know where. But Sorry, Prague. Well, we know forever now. I just think Prague Rock. And I don't know where necessarily that's from other than Eastern Europe. That's why I, that's what I was One of the philosophy on. things I learned actually is um, the only difference between a dumb man and a smart man is a smart man knows the knowledge that a dumb man can learn today. Like, they can learn it. Oh, and then interesting. now they're a smart man. So, yeah. Pretending you know <laughs> is dumb. Saying I don't know. It's not the worst thing in the world. We figured out. And it's not even our first UFC in Prague for us, I, is it? <laughs> uh, no, I believe we did go a few years ago, but off the top of my Prague, head. Czech Republic. Prague, Czech Republic. Czech Republic. I wish I would have gone with know. three. Damn it. I thought I was going to say Czech Republic and you'd be like, well, that's in Russia. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Czech Republic. Well, that's in California. <laughs> that, exactly. That's actually Sorry, geography better. and spelling aren't my thing. But we're here to make money, which is our thing. We yeah. do like to do a lot more of that. And we're going to end up starting off the 13-card bout on Saturday morning. It's going to be a short one in between fights off of the coming off of that Sunday card, which we did well in. It's going to start at 155 pounds from the bottom all the way to the top. We're going to go with Demir, Demir Islamagov versus debuting Hoel 
Alvarez, who is a Spanish fighter, 15-1. Alvarez really likes to get it done in there with submissions. We have seen the 17-1 fighter, uh, Demir, come in and defeat Alex Georgies, which the bean here is so, so high on putting money against Georgies. I do not think that guy is UFC caliber. So the fact that Demir was a minus 450 favorite uh, debuting against another debut fighter and he went to decision... Didn't leave a good taste in my mouth because the finish should have been there. He's an M1 striker who really likes to go to his wrestling. Um, and the fact that Georgie's even was landing half of anything really scared me as far as to the level that we hadn't seen from Demir. Again, that M1 and all those Eastern European leagues are thin. So Demir, from what we did see off his last fight, goes to the takedown and will go for position over submission. He'll even supersede the ground and pound, so DraftKings doesn't look all that good potentially in there. But Joel Alvarez being off of that Spanish scene, he really has fought 15-1 record, only has a loss, and mainly his wins have been by submission. Is it submission? Hold on. I, there's a couple of viewers. They've mainly, he has one knockout, I believe, in there, but... I did watch that fight, and both of them dudes were swinging like crazy. They both closed their eyes and swung, and oh, their homeboy fell down first. But what Alvarez likes to do is jump on that guillotine and roll for Darces, roll for... He, not even roll necessarily. A lot of his fights that I saw, both him and his opponent were literally flayingly out there and just kind of landing in position. Howell being the guy who landed in better position most of the time. So there's something to be said against that. But against Islam, he should not have any issues at all. He's shown that he can put a ground game and actually has decent striking. Alvarez, again, the caliber is super low. I didn't like what I saw from Alvarez's striking. His ground game as well. He's getting submit guillotines and darces on really low guys. I don't think in the UFC this is going to fly. I don't think... If he stays in Spain, that we see Joel long in here. Demir's going to get another decision. I'm siding with the favorite here. I don't like what I'm seeing, though, in either fighter. Who do you have in this fight? I'm going to pick the underdog, and I'm going to go with Alvarez submission round two. I He's been in enough fights with good enough guys with big enough records. It's not a bunch of shills, and he just seems quick with a submission. I've watched no tape on it. I'm going to stay far away from this fight. But to me, there's just money to be made in a specialist right now over a guy that isn't necessarily UFC caliber. So I'm going to go with the specialist. I know, I know. Stick with what I know. But I don't really know Ismagulov. He, he's been in one fight. It we was lackluster yep. against a lackluster person. Um, I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go with the guy from... Uh, the local guy from the Czech Republic, because as far as I know, it could be in either Spain or um, Orenburg, Russia. <laughs> no, I'm just going to pick Alvarez submission round two. I could change it just to pad how good I've been doing. Right, not to give up a fight so yeah. easily. Yeah, but um, or go heavy with the underdog, but I'm going to stay away from the fight. Demir, minus 250 favorite against the plus 210 Alvarez. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 9200 for Demir against Alvarez is 7000 I really, really thought he was going to be able to put away Georgie's. And the fact that he didn't really has me hesitant paying anything over nine. He did end up getting 89000 on that Georgie's fight. But such low 
fight IQ for Demir. 89,000? Or 89 points. 89 points. 89 points. We were talking Jack about the odds Sorry. of but, it. You just, like, round it up. You move the decimal. Right. <laughs> for 9,200, you can't trust him. I, you just can't trust him. He might get that, especially against... I'd Ooh, say a little I'd bit say better stay than far, far away. Anyone on the first fight of the night for over nine, stay away from that. That's probably the, the best call of the night so far. But then we move <laughs> first on. First call. <laughs> <laughs> we, move, we stay in the 155-pound division, coming in with two veterans in Rustam Habilov versus Diego Ferreira. This is a sneaky one. Starting off early in Prague, this is the fight of the night contender. All sorts of fun matchup. Diego Ferreira is coming off of a three-fight winning streak, being 14-2, only losing in the UFC to Benil Darius and Dustin Poirier. Those don't look horrible. But beating OAM, Kyle Nelson, as of late, two months ago, he ended up knocking that guy out. But he also has a win over Jared Gordon in there, TKO punches. Ferreira has made a uh, name in with his striking, and we cannot forget that Initially, he was a submission guy. He's one of these guys that actually has been able to all around move away, move up his MMA game. And really like what we're seeing with Rara, other than his chin, he gets sat down a little bit in fights at times. And it's because he moves forward and a walk into punches. The trajectory for the 34-year-old has been really positive. But against a Russian like Habilov, any Russians... The 23-3 and fighter is coming off of a huge winning streak. I think it's five in a row. I believe he lost to Benson Henderson years ago. He's been in the fight game for a while, but we haven't seen him for five months. Last defeating Cajun, Raging Cajun Johnson in a split decision. He ended up finally getting Cajun Johnson out of the UFC. Habilov was a humongous favorite there. Ended up going to a dirty-ass split because the Russian gassed. The Russian gassed. He... Throws heavy into his punches. He's got really heavy wrestling. I believe he has a Sambo background, so you always got to be careful with those leg locks, even though he hasn't really shown them. But Ferreira here, super sneaky everywhere. Hurt, throws good body punches, moves him up to the head. Hit, Ferreira's clinch is nasty, and if he gets taken to the ground, Ferreira does not just lay on his back. Ferreira throws up triangles, goes for sweeps. A lot of Russians tend to really stall out and get that position and just win that decision. And for that reason, I'm going to pick Habilov. Ugh. But the finish, the I see the more likely finish for Ferreira. I'm going to be tentative on this. I have Habilov's decision by the end of the week, depending on wins. I could side with Ferreira. I'm sticking with the favorite right now, slight favorite. I got Habilov. Who do you have in this fight and why? is a fun one. Out of the Russians, Havilov is one of my least favorites. I don't really think he stands up to performance, and in my opinion, Cajun Johnson won that last fight. So, if you lost to Cajun Johnson, you're gonna lose to Ferreira. Ferreira's gonna wear you out. He's a little better everywhere, and I think that he is... sharp hands like you were saying mm-hmm. I could see a body shot ending the fight but I definitely know the body shot will wear on the cardio and the cardio of Kabbalah will wear down and I could see him getting submitted in the third round but otherwise I have Fiera winning by decision this isn't a local fight where we have to really worry about it for either guy where it's going to be pulled heavy favorite either way Kabbalah I know he's on this long streak but he's kind of I think he's reached his peak, and I like what Fiera's doing right now. So I'm going to go with another underdog. Woo! 
two in a row. And I like what you're saying as well. As hesitant Don't as I'm being as well. Don't you remember? We thought Cajun won that fight during it. We I were agree. surprised and, when they raised his hand. Even as I broke and it down And we had Kablovov, so we were glad that Cajun didn't win, but Correct. when we were watching the fight, we were, we're like, like oh, yeah. this. I did start off this fight by saying the Russian gases. And, yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm going to end up switching decision to Ferreira. Got an underdog. You swayed Woo! me. Gonna keep so much pressure here. You better fucking chill out. Rustam being 8,700 on DraftKings against Ferreira's 7,500. Ferreira plus 125 underdog against the minus 120 favorite. That's a fun one. Really. I'm really, really excited for that fight. I think we could easily see that being a contender for fight of the night. I'm minus 145 Habaloff. I was wrong on that line, by the way. Then we move on to the 170 pounders where we have the ever perennial tractor in there. We have Mujel Prozeris against Islam Nerdiev. Nerdiev is a short notice replacement. About a week and a half, and Nerdiev's coming in here. The 17 and 2 fighter is an Austrian fighter, 22 years old. Actually looks pretty filled out. Ended up catching some tape on him. He, his only loss has, as of late in the last year and four months was a decision. He ended up wearing a good amount of punches in there. He has fought in AFC as well, XFN, which I don't know too much about. But the ABC has better talent than most European uh, cards out there. So he likes to brawl. He comes in there and swings hard. Technique little out the door for Nardiev. He throws all of his weight into his punches. He'll throw spinning elbows and kicks and shit. And actually has pretty good tech. And he throws shit tons of power in it. So he's one of these guys who's looking to catch you. And he's not worried about going to the ground as far as what I've seen. I don't know if it was a competition level he's against. He's cute. He, the Austrian wonder boy. For 20 years old, he's like the... Yeah. I just really liked what I saw from him on tape. And if it wasn't a short notice fight against Michelle Prezeras, who's a perennial dark horse at 155 and 70, who I think the biggest bet should be, is he going to make weight? I was just going to say the same thing. He uh, moved by five pounds against 170. Have we ever seen him made, make weight one time in the UFC? At 55 or 70, we have. Maybe twice at 55 out of like eight fights, seven fights. And... Not at 170. I believe he's missed twice at 170 pounds. So, yeah, pounds. expect him to come over. And that's almost like your sure bet. If he comes in over, then you're, like, solidified. Stack this it is on a, there. Yeah. Stack the money on there. But the recklessness of the young fighter is going to cause him to work right into the veteranship of Prezeris, who likes to throw that overhand right, right into a takedown and use that wrestling ground and pound and north-south chokes to... Where are you out? I mean, everybody that you see in there with Prezeris, Zach Cummings included, who I picked in that because I said Zach Cummings, D1 wrestler, is going to be able to get it only time I picked against Prezeris. Boy, was I wrong. Woo, was I wrong. Prezeris walked right through him, gas tank for days. Dare I say, we're in Prague, Eastern Europe. USADA is going to be back and away, back into the left. With Kane Can we at least say that he always misses weight and he never fights where Usada's there? 
So, other reasons. <laughs> Not that it matters, because half of USADA works for the UFC. Jeff Nowinski, I thought the whole time, he he's like, he's as federal as the Federal Reserve. I thought the whole time that Jeff Nowinski wasn't a USADA. And then if you look up on his Twitter, UFC employee, like, bitch, shut that. What are you even doing talking about the drug? Like, this is a conflict of interest, Pico. Mr. Pico. <laughs> but... Unfortunately for the young fighter, he's going to have to take an L just to get into the UFC. And I think that eventually we are going to be able to make money on this young man. Just not in this spot. The line opened at minus 210 for Brazeris. Shot over to minus 420, Mazel Brazeris. think the lines are saying something. He's going to be tainted all the way around. But I'm going to be likely putting Brazeris everywhere because stylistically... This is one of those that you're going to have to pay up for the fighter, but he's going to win this fight. Submission one or two. <laughs> That's what That's I have the round hard two. Call. I have round two. I have round one. I'm, I'm going to move it to round one. I actually had round two because I was giving the other kid some credit, but on the short notice extra, yeah. I think Prezeris eats two punches from this kid and is Comes like... Comes in forward, ground him. And grounds him because this kid hits hard. He really, really does. And he doesn't he doesn't give, care about getting taken down. But the guys he was taken down against, they're garbage. So, not all of them. Most of them, though. So, Prezeris, heavy favorite for a reason there. 9400 Heaviest price on DraftKings for Prezeris. There's a reason for it against... Whoa. Oh, the... Debuting Nardiev. fighter, Ardiev, Nardiev at 6,800. Unfortunately, or 6,800, I don't think you can put him anywhere. I think he should make his name Ishmael, the Chronicles of Nardiev. That's dope. What's his nickname now? The Austrian Wonder Boy. It's too long. The Chronicles of Nardiev are clever. That isn't a bad one. People would Not be like, that's the best nickname in the UMC. <laughs> On to the 55ers. We're really profiling the 55ers in Prague. They're going to get a real show because it tends to be the premier weight class, I feel like, as far as fun fights. And we have another fight of the year, potentially, in my eyes here. This is one that could go down in the history books because we have Polo Reyes coming off of a contender of fight of the year and notorious fight of the night winner against Demir Hadzovic who is a 12-4, 32-year-old Danish fighter. I know he's been training in the States since he's been in the UFC. He ended up uh, he's ended up having quite a few fights already in the UFC, not, not settling for just one fight. He, short notice, lost against Taisumov in a TKO, but has come back, beat Marcin Held in a fight that he was essentially losing with takedowns, and ended up also losing to... Who was the other fighter he lost to here? Alan Patrick. It was that wrestling that really got to, uh, that got away from Hadzovic. His takedown defense isn't the best and he can't get up against a wrestler. And Nick Hine, who he went to a decision and ended up beating via split. Hine really doesn't go to his wrestling anymore. He's a judoka and it showed that Hadzovic is a good Muay Thai striker. Great fundamentals. Great jab. Not tons of power on his shots. Kills you by a thousand cuts. Throws fun elbows in there as well, but at times will get a little reckless in the brawl and rely on that chin. He's been able to wear it well so far. I like his movement on the exit as well. Again, his his elbows are getting better. Against Polo Reyes, pressure, pressure, pressure fighter. 
has a gas tank, willing to eat a shot, but I was looking at some of his stacks, and the strike differential for Polar Reyes is sneakily deceptive, and it's a positive for him. Even though he tends to eat a lot of shots, he actually lays about three to four punches to one of his opponents, and his opponents, as of late, being James Vick, who, which is his only loss in there. He beat Matt Frivola over a year ago, uh, beat Jason Novelli, beat Dong Ma, Maestro Ma in the fight of the year there, but Polo Reyes has never shot a takedown in the UFC, and Hadzovic has only shot one in the fight that he lost against Patrick. So we ain't going to the ground. This is going to stay striking. Banger. This is going to be a banger. The more looping puncher here, Polo Reyes. He tends to duck his chin a little bit more, throw that overhand right and left, and uh, solid punch combination. He, though, does throw three, four punch combinations together. What I don't know is if he was out for the last year and a month due to injury or if it was contractual disputes because that kind of affects it. If he's coming off a knee injury, hadn't really figured it out yet. Um, but regardless, I really like that this is just one you got to watch. I'm going to side with the favorite here, Reyes, but I think Hadzovic's a live dog in here. I can't go super heavy in the paint, but this is one of those fights that's the Barbarina Luki that we just saw, where I think you potentially could stack this fight, where they go into wow. the third round and are throwing. I, both of these so guys many punches, no, so many throw punches, over 100 when they stay eat, striking. Just eat punches the whole way through. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I think this could be a, a sneaky... DK play, if you decide to stack it, I could be totally crazy. I don't know, you could call me crazy. What do you think is going to end up going down in this fight? I really like both fighters. I think this is a great fight. I don't think Hadzovic's chins is good. I Going to decision with Alan Patrick, I, if you don't get submitted by Alan Patrick and you can't finish him, that's weird to me. Just stand it like... What ha I can't remember that fight to watch Take tape enough, City. but just that was it. Um, yeah, that's just well, yeah. Then maybe he has made good enough takedown defense or good enough uh, submission defense to not have gotten submitted the whole fight and then just have ended up on his back the whole time. I do like what you're saying that this is such like a setup fight that neither guy is going to the ground and they're just gonna stand and throw. The best thing about Hadzovic here is that he is local. He doesn't have to do as much traveling. Um, and I can't say either guy is really has better competition. They're both about the same. I would say, though, Reyes has more fights against better competition. The Not the Frivola necessarily, even though he didn't look bad. But that Maestro Ma. I don't mind Alan Patrick. I don't mind Nick Hine. True. I don't are, mind yeah, Marcy that's right. Held. That's right. They're um, well, Marcy Held's out of the UFC officially. I know, but back then, yeah, true, I didn't true, mind true. him. I don't mind Tazunov. Um, Tazunov's a monster. Yeah, so then it's like Frivola, Vic, Novelli, Ma, who's now... Maestro. Nice yeah. I think they're about the same. Oh, this is such a close fight. I, I kind of like what you're saying about the live underdog, about the stacking. I have Reyes Co around too. I think he's going to catch him. I hope he's coming back fresh. But I'm going to make a new rule for Lap B. Oh, interesting. I believe ring rust is real. And I don't like over a year. I'm going to stay far away from this fight. Even though I do think Polo Reyes is favorited, I like the live underdog better, I think, for the money. This fight makes me too nervous. 
How was that a rule for lat B? <laughs> no, a new rule for me. Oh, okay. And, uh, my, a new I was rule just thinking. For, okay. for lat B that I'm going to say okay, for myself okay. <laughs> is I believe ring rust is real I and I'm going like to stay, stay away. away. I thought that was like a stay away first fight of the night. Well, you I don't will. stay away from first fights of the night. No, you true. You totally different That's rules. That's a good point. That's a good Mine point. are just, I'm starting to hone mine <laughs> in and I don't like... Th- I'm going to stay far, so far the away. So interesting thing... I like Hadzovic better here. Interesting thing with this fight actually right now is Polo Reyes plus 100 or even money against Hadzovic's minus 120. But on many cards, they're minus 115, minus 115. This is officially a pick em. But if you want to go with Reyes and DraftKings, you're going to end up having to pay 8800 which is closer on your side than mine. Because I say decision, where you say finish, and that's what I'm that changing eight, eight it to Hadzovic decision. Oh! I am just thinking about it. I, I do think he has the straighter punches. Yep. And I think Polo Reyes is going to go out there and swing for the fences and burn himself out. And then it's going to become a point fight. I see Hadzovic taking over if Polo Reyes punches himself out going for the knockout swing because he hasn't been in there in a while. Ring rest is real. Hadzovic decision. I got Reyes. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play up that much. I'm all underdogs, I think, so far. (laughs) I can't even take it. I have to keep fussing with my mic. (laughs) Polo Reyes. 8,800, I'm not going to put tons of exposure there. I even said it as well. Hadzovic for 7-4, he's the play there. He's definitely the play there on DraftKings. There might be a lot of people saying that though, so maybe the crazy thing is stacking it if it goes to decision for both high-octane type of fighters. Then we move on to some of the loveliest fights of the night. We have Jillian Port Lucy's own... Port St. Lucie's own Jillian Roberts against returning Veronica Macedo. Macedo's coming off of a two-fight losing streak. The 5-2 and two fighter is only lost in the UFC, and that was to the German fighters, 23 years old. Those two losses have come to Ashley Evans-Smith two years ago and Andrea Lee decision eight months ago. Jillian Roberts' last loss to Reno Silva via submission armbar prior to that. The three or the five and three fighter ended up beating a couple UFC Emily Whitmire via submission, also defeating Molly McCann herself, McCannon. This is really I don't know how I feel about either lady. I know that when I went back and watched those Macedo fights, Evan Smith isn't so bad, even though she just lost and Andrea Lee definitely doesn't look that bad at all in a decision, but that's what she does to everyone. Macedo isn't the best striker on the ground. She isn't that good as well. She's a master of, or she's a jack of all trades, master of none. And, I mean, she's almost apprentice level on some levels of these trades. Jillian Roberts definitely is also learning a lot at 23 years old. Her game's evolving. She tends to be more of the submission artist. I have actually liked the strike offense. I've seen a lot better from Roberts than Macedo. And on the ground, by far, I feel like Jillian Roberts has an advantage. If there's an advantage anywhere, I definitely see in the avenue for Jillian Roberts just being more of that. Uh, even though she's a Canadian living in America, she is training at top team now. So I see that wrestling being the thing that takes over. Macedo's been training in Germany and doing well and stuff. But I think for women's MMA, if you're not in the United States, you're a step behind right now. 
in that facet of the sport. So I'm going to end up going submission round number one. Because we know Dagestan ain't training women. Just oh, saying. just saying. Just saying. That ain't our views. That's theirs. No. You better get in the kitchen and get cooking. You better get <laughs> to cooking, ladies. They Dagestan. make flatbread because they should. I don't and know. And you do. know what the damn shame is? Look at the Polish women. Like the, the Dagestani women might be beasts. Might be beasts. But we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> so, who do you have in this fight, and how do you I'm going to pick Robertson. I'm picking it for a weird decision. I think this is might be a little bit of a snooze fest. I could see um, the ref having to tell ladies, okay, ladies, I need you to stay active a few <laughs> times during it. Uh, I think Robertson's going to have the better ground game, which I think it's eventually going to go to. Um, I'm going with Jillian. I was on the fence about either. I'm going to stay far, far away from this because I don't see a lot of points either way. I'm picking the Robertson decision because Venezuela's been going through a lot of shit. They've been going through a lot of shit. It's been really um, busy over there in that country geopolitically. So uh, I just think Robertson's gotten to probably focus more. I don't know where um, Homegirl trains out of oh, MMA Factory. Right. MMA Factory, I'm wrong. I don't know why I saw Germany. I must have thrown something up in there. I need glasses. She's training out of Venezuela. MMA Factory, who else is there? Name sounds familiar, but uh, I can't think of it. Regardless, what I've seen on tape from Macedo has not been the best. But I like what you're saying. That might be a stay away. If there's a play at all for me in there, it is Roberts. 8,600 on DraftKings. She is the minus one. 50 favorite against Macedo's 7,600 plus 135 underdog. Definitely probably more of a stay away. Then we move on to the 145 pounders where Daniel Taymor, the older, worst brother of the Taymors, is coming in against Chris, Chris Fishgold. I thought you were going to say the lesser Taymor. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Fishgold's coming in. Uh, off of his first loss, or his second loss ever, it's the 17-2 fighter, his first loss in the UFC, he came in against Calvin Qatar three months ago, ended up getting knocked out. Fishgold definitely at 26. Remember doing breakdown study for him? He leans his head forward, throws a lot of punches, has a ton of output, good wrestling, and actually good submissions. Even though he's an English fighter, they finally have come up, and Fishgold's one of these guys that actually has a good double leg takedown i liked what i saw it's just qatar was i believe fishgold was also like two or three weeks short notice so it was just too step too high of a step up but in daniel tamer here this is a guy who's definitely underperformed the six and two fighter is lost his last two to danny henry which that's fairly obvious in a decision uh and lost last lost to julio arce which both of those guys they ain't bad. They ain't bad at all. So I guess I'm giving him a little bit of hate that he doesn't deserve. But he definitely is not. It's, when you think of the Tamor brothers, you don't think of Daniel Tamor. You think of David Tamor for sure. And it's because Daniel is just, again, more of that. Jack of all trades, master of none, no real power, um, serviceable fight IQ as well. On the ground, he definitely can be exploited. It ended up showing as of late, and Fishgold has everything that he needs to get in there. I don't think that Timur can even necessarily knock out Fishgold. I've seen him take a good amount of strikes from better strikers and him do just fine. I think this gets to the ground fairly quickly, and within rounds two or three, I got Fishgold getting a submission. 
I don't think we need to stay long on this because I don't think Taymor stays in the UFC after this one. I think he's out of here on the third one. How do you feel this fight goes down and why? Fishgold submission round two. Uh, I definitely think Fishgold's going to win the fight. I don't know how I feel about my um, pick of submission in round two for a parlay. Uh, but I do think Fishgold might be a safe bet for y'all draft callings. At 9000 he you're definitely going to have to pay up for him. Um, Daniel Taymor at 7200 Three months ago, knockout, stay away from this fight. That's actually probably not the bad idea. It's right on that teeter level for us. We usually like to give people a little bit more time. But it wasn't an out cold. It was more of a TKO by punches. Fishgold just wasn't able to get the takedown on a D1 level wrestler, which Taymor is not by any means whatsoever trying to look at the exact betting line i feel like fish gold is probably ended up being bet up by this point it's gonna be minus 250 for the favorite oh yeah two to one favorite over the plus that's 210. right i hate to say it but that's right okay i agree so i see a finish there i'll bring up trying to mix up fish gold me a too bit i see fish gold submission round two ah, that's scary then just because of his on. chin. Definitely. Then we move on. But, but the that, guy that he got that he knocked out had the, like, the same record I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the 170-pounders where Caro Petrozoli comes in against Dwight Grant. The 8-2 Dwight Grant has got his first loss in the UFC to Zach Otto two months ago. Prior to that, he beat the Contender Series Hill in TKO. Dwight Grant is a, a AKA fighter. He does fight out of New York, but has been at that in that, in that California scene for a little while. Definitely likes to keep it up and striking. Has a good clinch. Is black explosive for all of the right reasons. And with that black explosive, for all the right reasons. <laughs> with that, the gas tank does tend to fail him a little bit. Ended up showing up in his fight against Zach Otto, who actually, a lot of people have been fading his chin a lot, but Otto was able to really just push him up against the fence, drag him to the ground, and not let any of Grant's um, offense get going, and that's how you beat him. Prentizoli, though, being a global fight fighter out of the United States, Rome, Italy, the 25-year-old came in and lost a fight on short notice in Brazil to Alex Oliveira four months ago, and this was one of those you went night night. The fish gold fight, TKO. It was standing, he went down, okay, but he didn't go out. Pretzoli stiffened up and woke up, didn't know where he was. So, out of both of those knockouts, I would say Pretzoli's. It was a left hand on like a weird shove. We didn't really see anything in that fight. It was super, super, super quick. But what I remember seeing. Both of what knockouts? Uh, the Fishgold knockout compared oh, to the Pretzizoli okay, knockout. Okay, okay. Where if you we're worried about Fishgold three months, Pretzizoli's four months, but Pretzizoli was a nasty out, knockout. Out, out. So he, he's the type of guy where I'm like, dude, six months. Like, dude, take six months. Like, you were, woo, woo. Weird fact. Did you know gorillas have like a three centimeter penis or something? Like a really small penis? I did not. <laughs> I read that somewhere today. Don't know <laughs> if it's right, but it made me laugh because I thought, um, well, that's not a penis. That's a clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about how you use it. It's motion in the ocean, is what I've been <laughs> yeah, told. That's motion true. in the ocean. That is true. <laughs> but I'm going to end up picking Dwight Grant in here. I just... 
I don't trust the still the caliber of the 11 and 2 fighter. He did get other wins on the uh, cage warrior scene. His best win is to Nicholas Dalby, so he has that credible competition in there. Dwight Brandt is not an Oliveira by any means whatsoever, but uh, Pritchard's takedowns, he does like to use them, but they aren't the best. He tends to muscle them a lot more, and I feel like Grant can defend those. Zach Otto actually has better takedowns by far than Pretrizoli. I had Pretrizoli earlier. I'm switching to Grant decision. This one I can actually see being a low scorer. I don't think either guy really pulls away. And uh, this is actually a pretty on-caliber fight. I think they could be a dirty split. I'm going with Grant. I'm saying stay away. Who do you have in this fight? I have a grand decision as well, and I've gone back and forth a little bit on this bike just because I'm unsure of what I've seen from either, so I always like to take what I've seen as the best, and going to decision with Zach Otto ain't bad to me. Um, so even though he did lose the decision, I'm going to pick Dwight Grant, and I'm going to pick him to win by decision. I think he's really going to hurt Petterzoli in round one and two, maybe even um, look like it's going to be close to a finish. But I think Petterzoli is going to eke it out, and then round three is going to be so boring. Um, is just the way I'm predicting it. Uh, Grant decision. I totally agree. And actually, Petrozoli, it wasn't his debut against Oliveira. He does have a fight against Brad Scott in there. But Brad Scott popped for steroids on that. And Petrozoli won a split decision against Brad Scott. Split decision, Brad Scott. Just saying. If you need another <laughs> red flag. Split decision, Dobby and Brad Scott. That's pretty much bottom of the barrel UFC caliber fighter right there. You're going to end up paying 8200 for Prezzoli against Dwight Grant's 8000 Actually, I'm going to end up putting Grant. I thought the odds were going to be a bit more skewed on DraftKings. I'm going to end up putting Grant on, I'm going to say like 60-70% of my cards. Whoa. Not all of them by any means, but I don't like Prezzoli in this spot. No, I'm not going to put Prezzoli anywhere. The actual I'm betting I'm going to pepper odds. Grant. Or salt him, so it's hashtag no racist. <laughs> Dwight Grant, plus 125, another underdog for Lesbo. <laughs> Pretzoli, plus uh, The only one I have that's a favorite is Prezera's so far. Wow, what a night. And here I'm starting off the night saying there's not that many betting underdogs on this night. There's not going to be money to be made. I've, quit, I've picked a few underdogs already as well, so maybe there is money to be made. Maybe... I need to keep on breaking down the card to see where it takes us because there's other fun ones on the way. This one is one of those with Magomed Ankalaev versus Khalilson Farias at 205 pounds. The debuting 14-2 Farias has is coming off of his N1 submission armbar three months ago. Prior to that, he has... Um, all submissions. All submissions as well. I believe he also might have one knockout in there earlier on in his career, but essentially he likes to get it done on the ground. His entries on his takedowns aren't that bad, but they are against, again, not the best wrestlers in the world. And striking-wise, he puts together a good two and three punch combination together. Head movement is all right. Nothing really sticks out to me for Farias. This is a... This is a fairly stiff competition that he has coming in, and I feel like he's just taking this fight because the UFC called, and he's like, yeah, of course I'm going to fight. doesn't matter who they would have put him up against. He was going to take that fight, but the 26-year-old fighter is just green in a green division over in the UK against Ankalaev, who ended up as 10-1, was a perfect fighter until Paul Craig finished him in the last second of the fight via triangle, Ankalaev 
M1 fighter as well. Ended up last coming in in TKO and Pacino. That he couldn't finish Paul Craig. Very, very true against another submission guy in here. And Paul Craig's not a 205-er. Isn't he a 185-er or is he No, he's 205. He's tall. Paul Craig's really gangly in there. But Ankalaev really took over that fight and stayed in the guard of Paul Craig the entire fight up until that last second when he was submitted. So, I don't know. Submissioner's chance. Paul Craig hasn't looked any sorts of good after that for a reason. And Ankalaev has actually come back and beat Marcin Prachniow in a TKO five months ago. Ankalaev uh, said he realized that, hey, sticking in people's guards and stuff isn't the best idea. And he's now had two fights in the UFC where Farias has had none, and he's a submission guy. So I feel like Ankalaev, more than anything, is going to remember that Paul Craig fight and say, oh, dude, I'm way better striking. I'm going to stay out here and just finish you like I did the other guy. And I'm going to end up picking Ankalaev for a TKO round number two or three. I think body shots add up here. I think Ankalaev can keep it where he wants to use that Russian wrestling. Give me the favorite here. Who do you have in this fight? I have Ankalaev as well. I don't know if it's that I just don't feel good about this fight night. I don't think I'm going to be putting a lot of money on it. I agree uh, with that. Ankalaev, he's got to be faster, right? Because Fiaris yep. is coming down from heavyweight, so you got to think the 205ers got to have the speed advantage here. Um, I am a little nervous because Ferrari, yes... All, everybody's gone against has real records, and he's the number yeah. one heavyweight in all of Brazil. That is frightening to me. Brazil ain't just a walkthrough. It'd be like being the number one heavyweight in America or something. Uh, so I am nervous for Ankliev only because his only loss is by submission, and you're going against a submission artist who's... We, we don't know if he was just at heavyweight for whatever reason because his camp wouldn't let him, and now he's able to drop down that he's in the UFC at 205, and he's going to murk it. So I don't think, I think the odds are going to be off here. I'm guessing that Ankliev is going to be a super heavy favorite, yep. like three to one, four to one. And that is crazy to me. I think Ankliev is an underperformer, in my opinion. He's underperformed, definitely. And you are right. And Farias, who I've been calling Farias, because that's what it is on uh, DraftKings. Or on DraftKings, he goes by Abreu as well. And he's one of these Brazilian fighters who's Kalinded Farias de Abreu. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Come on, man. <laughs> so, the big underdog is Abreu, Farias, plus I'm going eight. with Farias' submission. Whoa. I'm changing it. Wow. I just He's gone against big guys, so I'm yep. sure he can handle some hands. I The angle of underperforming. I like the country that he's coming from. We've been saying, like, oh, Brazil, watch for the juice. True. Um, Very good point. They are in Prague. I'm gonna go for another underdog. This is gonna be the craziest fight of this all. This is a under- huge underdog. Huge. I'm a huge, huge. This is the Donald Trump huge underdog. This ain't no gorilla penis. This ain't no gorilla penis. This is that donkey day. This is donkey day. Plus one eighty five. Abreu against the minus two twenty five Ankalaev nine thousand one hundred on drink on DraftKings for Ankalaev against the plus two twenty five for Ankalaev minus two twenty five plus one eighty five. For That's not as good as it should be. It should be bigger odds than that. Interesting. I think he should be like... A- it is a dogger pass betting-wise. I totally agree with you. It's a dogger pass. I'm going to be picking the favorite here. Decision, though, right Watch. now. Watch. Odds are going to change so much. All the MMA fans are going to go heavy in the paint for Ankleov. Watch. I think the odds are going to change. Don't bet on it yet. It's going to get bigger. Oh, that's, that's a I little think. pro bet tip right yeah, there. that's what I think. Hold off on that one until it gets steamed up a little bit more. So, yeah... 
I'm going to put those guys on different cards. I'm going to put, I agree with that, and I agree with that. At 7,000, I'm going to need a couple of these guys to open up my cards a little bit. So far, though, as crazy as my betting go, and we're about to um, walk into it, or did we just walk into it? Oh, yeah, we did. We are. We just, we're in the main card right now. And what actually, Ankalaev versus Farias Abreu is the main event on ESPN. I don't know if it's on ESPN Plus or ESPN. Look at your local listings. It could be Sky Sports. You're welcome. <laughs> could be BT Sports too. It could be, yeah, you'll find it. You'll end up um, getting So it. make sure you're following Zoltanite and at Weeknet Baby and at Lesbo and the Bean. And make sure you check out our Instagram if you haven't already. It's a good reason to check out Instagram if you're not an Instagrammer. Um, at Lesbo and the, or yeah, Lesbo and the Bean on Instagram. And I just want to say thank you. We're blowing up and you guys are a part of that. And we hope you like your little special deal. If you're somebody who fast forward through the beginning of the show, maybe you should check back to the beginning because there might be a little bonus code on there. If you want to look at latherincompany.com. Great point. Always stick around. Free bets are coming. I assure you that. And they're always plus money here at Lappy. Also just like to throw a little shout out to... At Jilted American. Thank Americana. You. Ameri- Jilted Americana. Oh, thank you very much for the love. Appreciate that. And that's a it's good a name. Fun. It is. It's a fun one. I feel like I'm Jilted Americana. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? I am. <laughs> True. And one that's going to leave us a little jilted, I feel like, is at 135 pounds, where we have John Dodson coming against Peter Jan. Jan had a fun Twitter post. Asking fans what spite song he should come out to. No Mercy is 11-1, having a huge winning streak, coming in and dominating his last win a month ago to Douglas. What songs is he trying to ask? I voted for No Mercy by 50 Cent. Or No Mercy, uh, Many Men by 50 Cent. And that's because it has No Mercy on Me, No Mercy on My Friends or something like that. What were the other and options? That's his nicknames. I'll, I couldn't even tell you because that's all I voted for. I don't know the, you. What would you have picked for him? Well, Nickname No Mercy. Um, Peter Jan. Oh mercy, mercy me! Things ain't what they used to be. No, no. I don't <laughs> I know that song. I think it's like Marvin Gaye or something. I think it's called <laughs> Mercy, Mercy Me, or is it? Din, din, din. That's all I know of the song now. Now that I stopped it. <laughs> so Peter Jan is definitely gonna. Be the t- younger fighter at 26 years old coming out of that Tiger Muay Thai scene with Taisumov. All those Huerta to Muay Thai John or Quick Swick guys against the perennial gatekeeper at 20 and 10. It John is Mercy, Dotson. Mercy Me by Marvin Gaye. Oh, that's the title? Good to know. So that's Lesbo's vote. I'm. Many I think you should put on some Marvin Gaye. That's some good, like, doing chores music right there. That is some good Or making tr- love music. By far better for that. By far better for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, John Dotson is one of those guys that comes in with a Christmas tree record, being a perennial top contender at 135 pounds. He wins one, loses one, wins one, loses one, and is on a win one as of late losing to Jimmy Rivera decision five months ago. Prior to that, he beat Pedro Munoz in a split decision, beat Wineland, but lost to Marias in a split. And who else did he lose to in there as of late? John Lineker in a split decision. John Dotson, split decisions, and bye. John Dotson, that's what he does. And it's because he employs the Jackson Wink method, which is turn and run. Put your head between your legs and run. 
fun. <laughs> Get the mental image of that. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. <laughs> It'd be so weird. <laughs> I just think that little Ninja Turtle could figure woo, woo, it out. Woo, woo. <laughs> but John Dotson, um, notorious. Pull your head into your shell and run. <laughs> the little Ninja Turtle comes in and uh, definitely has a high output type of a game but relies on that overhand right you know that he spams it you know it's the only thing he throws in there takedowns and shots not anymore he'll do a outside ankle pick which is really set up in telegraph so i don't really think it's worked on many many people he'll sneak it in there every once in a while i believe he did it to munoz as well doesn't have good takedown defense but against jan this guy's shown great takedown defense amazing cardio good striking and he really overwhelms his opponent with uh, high output, being able to get them to the ground and land a ton of ground and pound to eventually get them out of there. Where I feel like this is actually going to turn into a mega snooze fest is John Dotson has amazing takedown defense. John Dotson has notoriously made everyone go to a split decision because he backs up, waits for that a that, and he doesn't mind getting booed. John, we know what we get with John Dotson. That's his fighting style. Did I say it about... They should call it the Winkle Boo because you every single person saying. from the camp, they don't care. Unless you're John Jones, they don't care. Uh, Boo green. me. Boo me. It's Holly Holm me. It's all about the W and they know that. So the fact that Jan needs to really have somebody be, stand there and be willing to get in a fight with him, which Douglas D'Andrage was willing to do and started to get picked apart. John Dodson doesn't do that. John Dodson throws a strike and runs away. Throws a strike and runs away. So that'll leave a lot of chasing unless Peter Jan cuts off the cage. But I haven't really seen that because his opponents play into him a bit more. I really feel like this is a stay away. I got Peter Jan. He's a heavy favorite. But even though he wins, I think this could, could be a dirty split decision. If not, heavy decision. I have Jan everywhere. But I think the odds are off just because, especially on DraftKings, you can't pay up for Peter Jan in this spot. I have him winning the fight, though. Who do you have and why? I haven't liked anything about what I've seen from John Dotson of late. He just seems like he's losing a tick every single time we see him inside the octagon. Um, that being said, his caliber is so far away. Mm-hmm. I could have kept that so going until you guys would have to listen to the next episode and it would have picked up with, oh, True. it's so different than where Peter Yawn's been. I think the odds are, I don't even know what they are. I just see what the favorite is on uh, Tapology and how everybody is so behind Peter Yawn. Yep. I've watched everybody online. They're high on Peter Yawn. And I, in my opinion, you're being disrespectful to John M.F. Dodson. He's paid his dues. He's been in there with everyone. He's taken short notice fights. He's fought at 125. He's fought at 135. He's fought everyone. Monsters. He's like the last person who didn't get finished by uh, Marlon Marais. He's like the only person. Has a win over TJ Dillashaw. Knockout. Everyone. He he didn't look bad against friggin' Mighty Mouse. I think he went to decision with Mighty Mouse Twice. as well. I, this Not is crazy here. Only person In my opinion, Dotson's going to test Peter Jan's cardio in ways that Peter Jan's cardio has never been tested. Um, everyone that uh, Peter Jan's gone against is a guy that wants to stand and bang. Like Ishihara mm-hmm. wants to stand in front of him and just throw. 
the, the lines are way off. Yep. I think John Dotson is going to make Peter Yang, Yang swing at air, and then he has a good takedown offense. He's going to wear out his muscles. I think Peter Yang, after this fight, is going to be so much better because I think yep. working on his cardio is going to be the key to taking this kid to the next level. But this fight right now, to me, is all the reminiscent of who's who was the same kid from TJ's camp that everyone was really high on a few weeks ago? Sam Hagen? Um, no, going into Bellator, and it was this like fight in Bellator. Everyone's like, he's Pico. 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 This is what this reminds me of a little bit. Peter Yan coming in, he has all this hype. Everyone, you're forgetting about John M.F. Dotson, who's going to turn this fight boring by the end of it. And everyone is going to start booing John Dotson because he doesn't just stand there and bang with Peter Yan. I think John Dotson is going to secure the takedowns closer to the end of the fight. I think he's going to eke out the dirty split. Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? And then they're going to be like, whoa, it was John Dotson. They are in the Czech Republic for the Russian fighter. Do you think that plays at all? <laughs> Just saying. Well, the, the Czech Republic isn't Russia. It's uh, Europe. It's Europe. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I thought you were just kidding. That's <laughs> so, yeah, I do actually, though, think because my over hometown advantage, in my opinion, when it goes to decision, I feel like the, like, uh, Michael, uh, they like they have a little bug in their ear, and the UFC picks who's better for numbers, <laughs> in uh, which sense. we think it's Peter Yanni yep. younger. John Dotson's is at the end of his game. I just, I, I'm gonna say it. I can't believe it. John Dotson's gonna eke out the decision. Wow, yeah. dirty split. Hey, I'm saying this could be a dirty split too. You're, I, I don't think you're speaking not the truth at all whatsoever. I can't have this many underdogs on a card. That's why I can't gamble. Yeah. If I did gamble, it would be the night that, well, this could have been where you retired a millionaire. <laughs> Are you going to grace us with another one of the uh, Lesbo parlays? I really like that. I don't know. We'll see. They're going to have to be something. Hashtag S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Hashtag so stupid. But... <laughs> <laughs> if they come through, you're going to be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, well, this is plus uh, $87. <laughs> yeah. Just for putting the bet up, you're going to win. <laughs> so I totally agree with that. As I'm saying. Not... Mine will be all for people that want to gamble under five. Mine will be dollar stocks. They're going to be all for people that want to gamble under $5 and maybe win 100 <laughs> That was a good odds. Yeah. Just throw that That's out how there. you know they're going to be that stupid. Was, was I may only hit like three times a year, but when I do... Woo! <laughs> I like the way you think. 9300 for Peter Yarn against 6000 Sticking with what I know, John Dodson, and favorite camp right now, Jackson Wink. Yeah. Everything's lining yeah. up for Lesbo. I can't believe I'm going with John Dodson. It might be the first time in history. I will say as well, on DraftKings, you got to play John Dodson for 6 9 in a decision fight, I don't see him getting finished in here. I don't either. If Munoz and all of those other monsters can't finish you, Peter Yan is not going to be able to finish you in there. Maybe I meet my words by the end of the night, but we'll see. I feel like we're pretty good at agreeing on things. And this one, even though we have different fighters, we agree. Mm-hmm. True. True. Moving on to the 125-pounders, we have Liz the Marine Carbouche versus Lucy Pudilova. The gorilla herself is 12 and 6, the longest tenured female fighter in the UFC because the only other woman that's fought longer than her in the UFC was Honda Housey. Oh, wow. That was You saw that. That's the first fight I ever showed you. We well, no, I didn't, I didn't know Ronda was the only that Carmouche has been in the longest. Yeah, because they, she debuted with Ronda. They were the first fight oh, ever. Oh, okay. You watch 
Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, I remember it, but I just didn't even think, like, because I was like, well, Sarah McMahon, and I was going through all this old guard that's still fighting, and then I'm like, oh, but she was the first. First, she was the first lady fight of all time. No cred. First gay fighter in the UFC as well. No No cred. cred. No cred. Maureen, no cred. No cred. Liz Carmouche needs to change her name to No Cred Carmouche. Against Lucy Pudilova, the... Eight and three fighter. She's coming off of a loss. The Czech Republic fighter is 24 years old. There might be a little home cooking in here. She last lost to Irene Aldana in a fight of the night contender five months ago. Those ladies definitely kept it striking, choosing to uh, throw a strike to eat a strike. Each one of them. She beat Sarah Morris in a decision. Beat Kim in a decision. Lost to Lena Lensberg in a decision. And ended up also beating... Or those are her only UFC. Four UFC bats. She's two and two. The Gorilla Carmouche is coming off of a win. The 12 and six fighter just beat Mina. She's lost to Alexis Davis and Misha Tate. And her only other loss is to Ronda Rousey. She has a win over Jessica Andrade. Liz Carmouche has a great double leg takedown. Throws uh, good strikes. Has a good jab. She definitely needs to get this fight to the ground because Pudilova, even though she doesn't have heavy strikes, um, she will wear you out with that. She kills you by a thousand cuts, but Pudilova's gas tank is a little suspect. Where the humongous advantage here for the gorilla is on the ground, that good double leg takedown and single that she has, mainly that double, as soon as she gets to the ground, she moves to side control. She ha- Carmouche has a sick arm triangle. That she'll throw in there, and once she gets to the back, she's strong. You can really see the gorilla in there manhandle her victims. I want to make a really gross gorilla analogy that you made earlier because it fits. That she has a three-centimeter clip. (laughs) 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 Thank you. I could wait. I've been waiting the whole time. I got your wait. So I I mean, she's gonna rub up against her. Was dumb to be. Oh dang it! I I should have let it go. I should have let it. (laughs) No, no, I was. I wouldn't have remembered. I I got the gorilla submission round number one. I'm gonna be playing her everywhere. I feel like the gorilla uh, reference swayed me. To <laughs> just the just, uh, just reference. the reference. I had Pudlova for yet another underdog. Uh, I just think she's coming in. Her last fight was at one thirty five, so it's not like a clear representation of what she was doing. And I don't even remember if she took the fight on short notice. Well, I guess she didn't take it on short notice. Um, but she's fighting down at one twenty five for the first time, and that is really curious to me. I know Liz Carmouche is settling in at one twenty five, um, and maybe it's even more of her natural weight class. Everything tells me that Liz Carmouche should win this fight. I just there's something about the new guard and when it changes over. But we are seeing women go to longer careers. But these women like Carmouche and Sarah McMahon, and it's like their tricks now are what these other girls grew up on. So it's like what used to look so awesome when they went in and did it now is just 101. And that makes me nervous. I'm going to stick with Carmouche because I'm going to do with a stick with what I know. But I say stay away from this fight. I'm not going to put either fighter too many places. Plus... I think Pudlova, I think it's going to go to a dirty split. And that is the thing. If it goes to a split or she's even decision, she's going to lose it. Yeah, that's where I feel like Carmouche, that's the thing that swayed me over to Pudlova. I don't see Carmouche finishing this fight. Um, so if it goes to decision, I almost feel like that's almost a 10-8 round if the girl's from the Czech Republic. So, ooh. 
That's a close what one. Are the, what are the odds on it? Minus 140 for the favorite Liz Carmouche against the plus 120 underdog for the local Pudlova. I don't like the takedown defense for Budlova. 8,300 on DraftKings for Karmouche against 7,900 for Budlova. If I'm playing this fight at all, it is Karmouche. And I have that submission round one. I could even see round two, but... Wow, okay. That's what I'm saying. I have I, Karmouche I, decision. I'm gonna, this fight... I think I'm going to be playing Karmouche. This fight, fight well, 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 all over that gorilla clip. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. You might get a new fan in so... this Karmouche. Careful, Lesbo. Oh, yeah. They might get a new fan I, out there. I was married. <laughs> Moving on to the 205 pounders, we have Gian <laughs> Belante. <laughs> Against... It's like when Sarah Silverman says, the way to make the word pussy sound gross because it's now old hat. Like it used to be so in the yeah. 80s if you said pussy, but she says pussy. Like you add like a heavy fat tongue in it and then blow your cheeks out. So instead of. Why don't you look at my pussy? <laughs> it's like a way to make pussy sound gross again. I don't even want to say it. Yeah, it's... I like I like the blah, 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 myself yeah. so, a whole lot more. That, but that noise kind of <laughs> sounded like uh, Sarah Silverman pussy. <laughs> so look at that. It's a funny stand-up. It is. It's a good one. I if you can take the one. politics out of Sarah Silverman, love her. I don't even want to talk about that. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Back to the fight. <laughs> At 205 pounds, we have Gian Vellante versus Mikkel Oslianchuk. Oslianchuk is 12-2 in his record, winning his only fight in the UFC against Khalil Roundtree over a year ago. Ended up having to take a little break because he popped for the steroids. He ended up having to go to America, and he decided to keep this one in check. For a reason. In Prague for a reason. Maybe the juice might be flowing a little bit. Just saying. Just saying out there. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Gian Vellante. He's coming out of that Baltimore kickboxing scene. I know he's a Weidman fanatic out of Sarah Longo. He's a football player with wrestling credentials. Which doesn't make any sense. But everybody says Gian Vellante has good wrestling. Because he trains with Weidman. But the reason he trains with Weidman. Is because they don't have other big guys in there. That were able to train with him. So... By process of elimination, Vionti was the guy that they ended up beating up on. All Joe character, you always see him in with All Joe. They have a really good click. I love Vellante's character and everything outside of the ring. He's the meathead who gets picked on by an entire crew. Everybody's like, yeah, why don't you go punch Vellante in the head? And I'm like, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, why? Oh, why? He gets hit so much in the head every single fight. He doesn't need, you guys don't need to pick on him. Every one of the fights Vellante's ever been in has been a close fight, and he always loses at the wrong times. I mean, he, I thought he would have been cut a long time ago. The 17-10 and 10 fighter has lost the Cummings. He does have a win over Barroso, the gross Barroso himself. Uh, losses, to, <laughs> losses to Sam Alvey, but coming off of a win to Ed Herman in a split decision. Ed Herman in a split decision, and he lost, or he beat the gross Barroso in a split. John Vellante's barely holding on in here at 205. And he lost to, did he lose to Sam Alvey? Yeah. Sam Alvey throws 13 punches he, every three fights. He <laughs> lost to Tom Lawler in a fight he was winning because John Vellante's chin just cannot take the punches anymore. And the Polish 24-year-old is mainly a striker. Okay, takedown defense, uh, but doesn't have to worry about it because I don't know if Vellante's ever shot a takedown in the UFC. I could be wrong. It could be... 
Uh, at if I'm wrong, it's by one or two, and I'm saying he shot zero. That's what I'm, that ain't no joke. So this is gonna be a striking battle, and in that. Even if Volante has more tricks, his chin just can't hold up. This is just a total fade for me. The guy who's had better competition, fought better fighters, all the checks are Volante. But for that reason, and I haven't liked him for so long, I'm going to end up going with Omelion Chuck TKO round number two or three. And it, this is not that I'm up on Omelion Chuck because he tends to be a grinder wrestler and he's not going to be able to get Volante on the ground. But... I don't, I th it's that chin. I'm fading that chin. I'm going to go decision. I'm not going to go, I'm going to go decision only on Chuck. Split, probably, because it's freaking Volante. Look, I stay agree away. with you too. Stay and away. I, it's so nerve-wracking, because I want to say it's a finish. Uh, like, he's going to catch him. Right? But the last few fights, Volante's been playing a little bit smarter. But then he's also going against, like, Sam Alvey, who it may have been his first or second fight up from 185. Um... This is a weird one for me. And maybe Olianchuk has, I will think, this is a hype train. But I'm just nervous. I think I'm hype train nervous. I think what's happened in the UFC is, and I don't know if it's ever happened before, but with Nganu and people can say, oh, that's knockout artist. But what about T-City? Oh, that's a submission artist. So what about, it's like, you can go through. And then we're lucky we still got the style bender. Like, we still have people that are holding strong. But then you're like, well, style bender just fought and Anderson Silva. Not to disrespect Anderson Silva, but... It's an older gentleman. Sure, definitely. Like, I don't know. It's, a, it's such a crazy thing. Which Gastelum style bender? I was about to say, you got to lay yeah. breaking lap B. You living under a rock if you didn't hear. We have another interim belt. So 165 is around the corner. I'm just, 165 pounds is right around the corner. Everything is lining up for that to be opening within this calendar year. Because of the interims? Uh... Because everything Dana White says is false. He's like, we're getting rid of the interim belts. And then they make an interim belt know, fight. And like, we're getting 165. I, it's all so confusing. <laughs> it's all so, it's really, I, I don't care about belts at all anymore. This is my new thing. I okay. don't care about belts at all. all. Right. The belts are for the newcomers. So they can understand where we're at. Wow. Like, they're for the, like fans that are new to the game so they can understand the guys that are the big dogs in the, the sport yeah. yeah it's just for them it's a it's a it, it's almost like um have you ever played that video game the sims yes it's like that green thing above right. their head right it's that so people when they can watch the box they're like Burnk. oh that's the guy that's the best so we can look down they don't remember the guy after they get past that guy totally the common fan that's new to the sport and all the hardcores don't give a shit about the belts because we're still waiting for tony ferguson to get that fight <laughs> exactly and in reality as much as i don't want to see it tony max might be the highest caliber ufc fight of all time like it's such an amazing <sighs> battle of styles that to even think about that fight mixed with Cowboy Connor mixed with um, Dustin Poirier Iaquinta that that yep. okay anyways Olianchek has decision I'm not going to go with this either I actually think it's um, I think he could finish it I just don't respect my opinion of him enough because I'm so scared of jumping on a hype train I totally agree. As I'm saying, Omelian Chuck, coming off of that steroid suspension, going to be fighting in another country, 24 years old. He is 9,000, 
or 8,900 on DraftKings against Delante, 7,300. But this is a stay away. This is absolutely a stay away for me. There's other spots on the night to make your money. I like what you're saying there. We finally made it to the co-main event where we have the biggest boys of the night come in at 265 pounds. We have Stefan Struff coming in against Marco Rego de Lima. Rogerio the only de thing Lima. I have to say about Olienchikas. Okay, okay, move it. Get it there, get it there. Is I do have, for the hardcore Lesbo and the Bean fans, I love a Polish fighter. That is the sneaky thing with me where you do. You, I you love the good usually pole. lean with the Polish fighter. And maybe he's going to get John Gian Volante back on that knockout train. You know, once they, right. then it's like every fight. And then we're like, mm, maybe you should lay those gloves down. Um, maybe that's <laughs> Been saying that happen. for years, though, with him. That's what I'm saying. For yeah. years. I just wanted that. to add that to the, like, if I had to put one thing on the little scales of Olean yeah. Chuck. Minus 200 for Olean Chuck as well. A plus Ugh. 170 for Ugh. Volante. Stay away fight. I agree. Stay away fight. Again, the heavyweight, Stefan Struve first Rodrigo de Lima. De Lima had a bit of a resurgence. He moved down to 205. Thought he was going to be amazing there, but... It's one of those Ledette situations, as I've called it before, 100%. DeLima is a heavyweight because it's a lacking heavyweight division. He's fighting bigger, slower guys where speed kills, and he has that power from 205 and doesn't have to cut, where at 205, DeLima isn't UFC caliber. At heavyweight, he's a contender. Unbelievable how that changes, and... Stefan Stroop at 26 True. and 11 is coming off of a three-fight losing streak. The skyscraper has been there forever. 31 years old. He's been fighting since he was 21. 10 years battle-worn. Broke his jaw. Was suspect was kicked off of the roster because he has a heart condition because he has gigantism. And people are like, dude, you shouldn't be walking around because you could die of a heart attack. Like he is an anomaly. Big man, one of the biggest people you ever see. At seven foot, Skyscraper throws a mean uh, teep to the body, which used to be one of his best attributes. He'd throw it to the body, hurt guys to the body, and then end up going for that guillotine. Submissions has been Stefan Stroop's ace, but he's gotten away. Do you away. think Paris... Go ahead, go this ahead. Is, this is... I guess I can say it. I'm yeah. white. This is white racism. <laughs> this is do you think Stefan Struve is a product of nat Nazi, like, gene projects from the netherlands but that whole area back then and like and people could have they're vikings though they're all big people but he is something specific and something a little different than a viking yeah like his body doesn't vikings are um is he a nephilim is that what you're trying to tell me a nephilim or what they were trying to do and then it was like like you tell me got he a little, broke out of the test tube and started running down the or street. Or things got a little, you know, I don't even, I'm not saying he's inbred. No, I'm just right. saying when they're trying to go for the best genes ever and whatever weird studies and even bloodline weird stuff, if you look into those kind of conspiracies. And we also know genetically you start mixing the bloodline too much and it doesn't turn out right. Do you think you would be a product of that kind of, I don't know, just taking it there? Why okay. not? Let's, okay, go I, on. I do believe he's half Nephilim, and I do think I, that he could be partying with Sasquatch. Um, so. You say Nephilim? <laughs> it's a nice little, put a little chocolate around. You figure that one out. So look into it. But Delima's Once you bring up, up Nazis in the podcast, all, all things oh, hell are off. Loose. All things are off. <laughs> Did you call me a Nazi experiment? 
Seventh Street. He's a I'm telling me. you. He ran out of the test tube. He crawled out the top and was they're like, it got too big, too fast. That's Stephen Struve. But Or his grandfather though was like two feet taller than him. Yeah. All his whole family. He ain't the <laughs> like he's I don't know if he's the biggest one in his family, but I, I feel like he's not. Know. So he's coming off of Stephen Stroop's coming off of a three fight losing streak, last losing a decision to Marshine Tybura the six months ago. Every single fight we've ever seen Stefan Struff in is a battle. He does actually have a win over the longest reigning heavyweight champion of all time, knocking out Stipe Miocic. One, the only other knockout loss for Stipe by Stefan Struff. That was anomaly. Actually, I believe it's the only knockout Stefan Struff has. I believe all of them, all the other ones have been submissions. Could be off there. But what Stefan Struff does again? Teep kick. Uh, Elbows doesn't really show him. His gas tank is garbage, and it's because he's seven foot, and he just can't sustain it. That's how Marcin Tabura, who's like a 6'4 guy, was able, even though he's pudgy and fat, a lot like Delima's going to come in there looking. Uh, he was able to beat him with cardio, and Delima does not have that option. Delima does not have cardio either, even at 205. He's a Muay Thai striker who is 33 years old, throws a heavy overhand right, sets up an amazing leg kick, but... Really, after the first round, Delima shot. Stefan Struff is a punching bag, though. And even if he absorbs it, he just... they Both of these guys, if it goes in the second or third round, there's going to be a sloppy fight. But I don't think it's going to get there. Stefan Struff has a lot of that Mike Vick type of head movement that you just finally noticed. You're going to see Stefan Struff do the same thing. And that's where he will lean back because he's so tall. What that does is it circumvents your foot movement, which allows that leg kick. If not, if... The Lima really times it right. He just steps in super deep and that right lands. Seven Troop has broken his chin flat in half because of that. Mark Hunt, I believe, did it. I've been looking to fade Seven Troop for a long time. It's a 3 5 losing streak. He's just more of name value. He's a main event. This is how you guarantee a finish by putting these guys in there. I think you have to put this fight. Everywhere on DraftKings decided regardless of where you go. I'm going to Lima TKO round number one. Who do you have in this fight and why? I really was waiting for your breakdown of it. I know what I think of Stefan Struve, but I like the way DeLima looks better at to a, uh, at heavyweight than I did when he was fighting down. He, he just look looks better. faster, and because he is faster, I think he can get in on the inside of Stefan Struve. Stefan Struve looks good the first round out, and then he just gets shitty. Exhausted. Shitty. Yeah. And... I don't know if he should be fighting anymore. I don't think... Doesn't he have to cut weight? Yeah. Seven Stroop's a monster. That is crazy. It's He doesn't use his tools. He doesn't use his tools correctly. And I do think he can be picked apart by Delima. I also have Delima getting in the inside. I come in straight up the middle. I really just see him... I see an overhand right, but I agree with in the middle. Stroop's just open as well. He relies on his chin and it's not... Held up what he's broken to his jaw. Look that up. It's horrifying. Absolutely and horrifying. And going in there for a win. Ugh. And it's crazy because Stefan Struve's the younger guy in here. I just like that Delima's moved up in weight. I totally um, agree with and that. And we've seen everybody that's moved up in weight of lately, including where we'll be talking about another fighter coming up later on in the card. We've just seen really good things about him. <laughs> the main event, some might call it. 
Some might call it the M-E. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are you, how are you, how is this uh, going to end? This is weird for me. I do see it being a finish, so I understand what you're saying. Put one of the guys somewhere. It's just a scary, I'm just scared of this whole fight night because I feel like I have too many underdogs. How often does that turn out good? Well, you're going to find out. Yeah. Delima KO round two. Ooh, I see Struve getting the first round, but I see Delima just staying far enough, picking apart the legs, taking the shots that are the cut you by a thousand, right. you know, playing, trying to play smart, and then coming in on the inside, and Stefan Struve is turned off. Or the end of round one. Yep. I can see and that. Stefan Struve throws that inside kick to the chin that will knock anybody out. And he's tall enough where it's a bot. It should be a body kick for everyone else. But. 8,400 for DeLima against 7,800 for Stefan Struve. I actually need to tell myself to back off of this because I feel like it's I'm going to put it way. everywhere. It's going to squash your cards. And if it doesn't land, it. exactly. It's the one where it's like, as long as this doesn't happen and then uh, <laughs> yeah. it does happen and Struve ends up walking out there. So I'm going to probably put it like 80% DeLima and I don't know if I put Struve anywhere. I don't like anything I've seen lately of from him. What are you going to do on DraftKings for that one? I'm going to put the whole card, to maybe one guy on two cards a piece, both uh, guys, okay. and then just leave it. I'm not, I don't even think, I'm just too nervous about playing this night. I might play this one more um, parlays with just adding weird underdogs oh, together. We got other nights to come. We got weeks and weeks and weeks of ice. And make sure you're following us because we do always on our Instagram and on our Twitter, we release the card with our last minute circles. So you can post weigh-ins. Yeah, post weigh-ins so you can still get plenty of time to get your bets in. Like the second the cards come out for the UFC where they're like, these are all the people that you'll see tomorrow night. We take that and we make it beautiful and we put it out. So, And just a little pro tip here on the Beans card. If you end up seeing a lot of stars and some of them might have a little bit of like squiggles or something, it means I'm trying to profile that fight if you haven't picked up on that. Because that's been a running theme I feel like. Like people that I like, I feel like... You're like right here. And Just hey, saying. everyone on Instagram, there is a new feature that when you look at a picture, when things are put up together, you have to swipe right. Oh, and you got to swipe right. And there's the other picture. You got to learn to swipe right. I don't know if right. anyone, I'm sure, <laughs> like, hey, grandpa, swipe right. <laughs> hey, 90-year-old listeners, <laughs> yeah. you're messing up our schematics. Get in there. Yeah, we got older. We, got our, we have 12-years-old old and we have 90-year-olds. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know us. We're 12. You should ask your parents if you should be listening to this. This is the truth. This is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so, to the main event we go in a profile fight. I mean, this is I'm what main say, events are I'm just saying, don't even ask be. your parents. Turn it off. Come back maybe when you're 14 or 15. I don't want to be the one telling you about no, I didn't gorilla tell your clitoris. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible. But I feel like we're fairly tame as far as internet Even standards. though me and my brother, when we were young, we would have been like... And you didn't have the internet. No. And you would have... My parents you knew lucky shit. I didn't have the yeah, internet exactly. when I was a kid. Exactly. My These generation didn't not. have the internet because These it wouldn't have been no. good. <laughs> totally, totally no. But this is what main events are meant to be. We have... A profile 205-pound bout with Jan Blachowicz versus Tiago Santos moving up for 185 pounds. He says he's willing to go back to 85 when he needs to. I don't think he needs to. Tiago Santos has looked all sorts of good in there. Coming off of a thief right winning streak, knocking out 
in there as well, Lionheart Smith, but two months ago, he was in a fight of the year contender with Jimmy Manawa, getting him out of there. The 20-6 and six fighter is 35 years old, but if there's somebody, I don't know if Santos has fought in the States, but I want to say he hasn't. <laughs> I want to say he's fought in Brazil a lot and other parts in the world, and it looks at, like it at 205 pounds. Yeah. He did not look 35. That was a little surprising every yeah. time. He He's always looks like the juice is loose. Extra juicy. Yeah. He got the extra pull. He all looks Nicole Brown Simpson. The juice is loose. <laughs> and he eats horse meat because he thick. He That's thick. horrible. To I say that. A woman's death. Sorry, in the family of Nicole Brown Simpson, if you're listening. <laughs> Just also, we know we are avid listeners of Nicole Brown Simpson's family. We know. Sorry, Chloe Kardashian, if you're listening. <laughs> Of course, of course. But the same could be said, I I would say, for the 23-7, and seven, Jan Blachowicz, people might find that a little blas blasphemous, but look at his first fights to now. Jan has fought mainly abroad. He fought in the States once. He looked flabby as shit. Ever since, every time we've seen Jan on the scale, I'm like, ooh, Jan looks good. Jan looks hella good. You're right. And Blockwitz, that body got in tight. And he's not the youngest cat at 35 years old as well. He's had a long career. He's actually made a good showing himself coming off of four wins in a row. They're virtually identical. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a bit of a different styles because they totally do approach. Styles, they approach it a bit differently. Just their stats as far as their reach and their height and their they're close enough. Definitely. Where Jan Blockowitz is the better, well-rounded fighter for me, 100%. And I think that that's not crazy. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that Jan Blockowitz has better takedowns, better grappling. On the ground, by far, is superior. And actually, Thiago Santos is really exposed on the ground. And Blockowitz has everything to be able to get it there. Isn't he a black belt, Thiago Santos? If he is, he got it out of a Cracker Jack box. Because... Remember the minus 500 favorite who lost to Eric freaking whoever? He lost to, not David Branch, uh, which isn't a bad loss at all. Who was it? It was a guy who's not even in the UFC anymore at 85 because he took him down and got submitted. We see the holes with Thiago Santos. The issue with Santos that people have is they can't get out of that striking mentality. And then he's been pinning with other strikers. But the wrestlers, they can't get close enough in time to put him out of there because... He is a highlight real fighter. Thiago Santos is going to be known as one of the funnest fighters of all time. Ask Elias Theradoa, one of the few guys to be able to get him out of there. I mean, jumping, spinning kicks randomly, and random is random. This guy is random in his strikes, throws spinning heel kicks, tons of power, throws a hard body shot. Thiago Santos actually jumps into a body and head kick, so it's really deceptive because that's how... He'll sneakily, he'll throw it twice to the body jumping, and then the third time he'll throw it to your head, and he'll catch you, and he throws all his weight into it. The thing is that he exposes, he expects that to land so hard that he can get off of the ground and be fine. Where Blockowitz capitalizes on that stuff. Get to the ground once with Blockowitz, he will swarm you, put in the hooks, start to drag you out, get that rear naked choke in. And Blockowitz has a sneaky left kick as well. Blockowitz throws that to the body well, as Lear Latifi. Ask uh, quite a few other fighters in there that have oh, been who, susceptible. Oh, Jan Bustyliva Blockovic? Exactly. He throws Bust it hard. Liva? Throws it, throws it hard, throws good punch combinations off of it, and it actually sets you up a bit more. So we have more of the grinder 
against the power striker who must hit that is by far one of the most powerful guys we've ever seen in there. Also, we like to profile some of the worst tattoos of all time. Now that Maheta's getting a lot more artwork done, it's actually coming together a lot better. Now that it's just not a humongous hammer in the middle of his chest, it's not so bad. Now, you see, now he has both shoulders, both arms are getting filled in. But uh, back to the breakdown. I don't remember it with more work. I just picture that big hammer. No, there's more. You'll see. You'll see by weigh-ins time. And the more and more I start to break this fight down, I have Tiago Santos TK around number one because... He's just a dynamite. It's must-watch UFC. This Absolutely is... must-watch. But as I break it down quickly, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I'm switching to Jan Blokowicz to get this <laughs> to the ground and win via submission round number one. I switched on air. I had Santos TKO round number one. I'm I switching hear. it. I, as I'm breaking it down, Blokowicz is the better fighter in here. It's just... See, you can't bank on that. He's a puncher. He's a puncher's chance. It's the epitome of a puncher's chance, Thiago Santos. I feel like there's one word for both guys, and it's those two words, in my opinion, going at each other. It's precision versus chaos. It's Jan Blakovic's it's complete precision in every way, down to that liver shot that you pointed out. Like, it is, it's in there like a knife. Yeah. When you watch it in fights, and it's not just the Latifi fight. Like, if um, every, Devin Clark fight, every when fight. you watch it happen, it is, it, you can't do anything to strengthen that. What is that, your floating rib? Yeah, liver, liver. Like, it's your liver. So, yeah. Okay, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say Santos does gas as well. Well, and the other thing, if you think back even to the Jimmy Manawa fight, yes, he did knock Jimmy Manawa out, but Jimmy hurt him fucking bad. <laughs> and that was only a few months ago, and that was a really short amount Three of time. I, I feel like Santos, toward the end of his career, he's just getting him in, getting the so fights in. Many fights, so many fights, like anytime, anywhere, anytime, anywhere, just fast, fast, fast together. Jan Blakovitz is the exact opposite of that. I feel like their fighting styles are indicative of even their lives, maybe. Like it just seems like chaos versus precision. And I have maybe gone against Jan Blakovitz two times in my whole going against him, and one of them was with Gus, and the other one was against the first time Jimmy Manawa and Jan, or against, yeah, the first time him and Jimmy fought, um, which were, weren't bad. But I've picked him every other time, and I gotta pick him this time. I just... It's not a short notice fight. Yep. It's not just a, a crapshoot that he's just coming in. He's a really trained guy. He knows what he's getting in there with, and like you're saying, that black explosive, I know uh, Santos isn't, like, I know he's a Brazilian guy, but that black explosive is entirely indicative of his body. He just comes out total chaos, even if he gets hurt, as long as you kind of, like, a whip with a, like, if you were at the circus and you're in uh, the cage with a cat, if you keep it at bay long enough... He can totally control the fight, and then I think it takes a little longer, though. I think both guys are going to get hurt in round one, and then as round two and round three go on, it becomes one for the ages. I'm going to, I'm picking this as always on air, and I'm such a huge fan of Jan, but Thiago is a scary MFer in there, and he's like a game of craps, like throwing dice against a wall. Anything could happen. I think you pepper him on a few cards, but I don't think you put all your weird un like things together. I know he's the favorite here. Um, 
I just think he should be the Who's underdog. Who's the favorite here? Oh, I thought Thiago was. Oh, this is a minus 115, minus 115 pick'ems type of a fight. That's and I agree. I 100% agree. The line is right here. I uh, totally agree. You can't stack this fight either. It's one or the other. Because this is a finish. or This isn't a decision type of a fight. This is get him out of there. Five rounds doesn't even matter here it, at all. But Every I'm second that goes on, block of it takes over. I agree. That's why I'm actually switching from submission round number one to submission round number two. I think Blockowitz just weathers the storm because he can put a good game plan together. He like is everything a dangerous you're saying. 120 seconds. He is a very dangerous 120 seconds. And if he survives that every single second from 121 all the way to the end of the 15 minute mark, right. he takes over that fight. And he can, or it's not even 15 minutes of five round, it's not going to go there. Uh, yeah, he'll submit him once uh, it's all over with. I think with the body shot and then set up for the submission. Blonde, I'm going to pick um, round two, actually. I like round two for what? Uh, submission for young. That's what I just literally switched to myself. Just saying, fans. And on the main card, I feel like there's also we when we agree on the main card, it gets pretty hairy in there. But Tiago Santos, I have been right out of his last uh, six fights. I picked the branch fight, which he was a huge favorite in as well. And it was because of that submission. And that's kind of what I'm seeing in the same spot here. So I'm going to stick to that train. Love what you're saying. One or the other. You got all the bets you want. You got all the bets you need. I love Jan. I love Jan. And really, you guys, um, thank you. And we love you so much. And I guess that's all I have to say about that. Let's go the bean! Thanks for listening to Let Be. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.